Hello once again, folks, and welcome to another edition of the CIAC Cast. I'm Joel Cookson. We thank you very much for being with us on this edition of the CIAC Cast. This is a football-centric edition as we are deep into the football state tournaments. We will have three guests with us this week to talk about the CIAC quarterfinals, which were played earlier in the week, and preview a little bit the semifinals, which are coming up over the weekend. We will start off with Mark Jaffe of the Republican American in Waterbury, Rob Adams, who does radio broadcasts for the Hersom Acorn Papers in Fairfield County, and then Sean Patrick Boley will come on to talk a little bit about a wider uh, spectrum of games all across the state. So a great list of guests that we're going to have with us this week. We'll just do a quick edition then of things you might have missed on CIACsports.com as we dive quickly into our returning recurring feature to talk about some of the things on CIACsports.com. And right now, it's really all football all the time on CIACsports.com. Be sure to check out the latest post which lists all of the football semifinal broadcasts and where you'll be able to find the variety of games taking place this weekend. We've got five games being broadcast either online or on your TV. The NFHS Network will be airing four semifinals on Saturday one of which will also be broadcast live on CPTV Sports, and then msgvarsity.com will also have one of the semis, which is available on msgvarsity.com, available for Cablevision customers. So we hope that fans will check out nfhsnetwork.com, CPTV Sports, msgvarsity.com to keep track of all of the action that you can see at the CIAC football semifinals this weekend. Along with that, uh, as always, I'll encourage you to check out Tournament Central, where you can see all of the information for the upcoming games. You can see the schedules. You can see game info sheets we produce for each contest with rosters and results for all of the teams. You can also buy your tournament tickets ahead of time. We encourage folks to do that. Uh, headed to the game with your ticket in hand to help you uh, get through the line a little bit faster when you get to your CIAC semifinal sites on Saturday. All of those games, again, taking place at 2 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. With all of that said, we hope you check out all the good stuff on CIACsports.com and, of course, get updates uh, on our Twitter feed at CIAC Sports, Facebook.com slash CIAC Sports. Those are the places you can stay up to date as well as, of course, CIACsports.com. We move quickly along now to our first guest, someone who has uh, joined us before on the CIAC cast and does a great job of covering high school football across the state, but particularly in the Waterbury region, and that's what we reached out to him to talk about on the podcast. Reaching out now, talking to one of the preeminent high school football writers in the state, Mark Jaffe from the Waterbury Republican American. He's going to talk with us a little bit about the football uh, playoffs at this point. Mark, how are you? Good to to be with you. Uh, so we'll we'll start off a couple teams in your uh, in your neck of the woods that are still alive in the uh, the postseason. I know during the quarterfinal round you were on the road um, covering Southington in their uh, their opening round game. So first question, I guess, what was your big takeaway maybe from uh, the game that you witnessed with uh, with Southington? And then sort of the next question would be, what were kind of your big takeaways uh, from the other teams in your region um, in their quarterfinal efforts? Well, first of all, the one thing that uh, I, I really like about the Blue Knights is their defense is very, very strong. They swarm to the ball. They always seem to be in the right position. They're getting a lot of takeaways in the last two games, first against Cheshire on Thanksgiving and then uh, the other night against Norwich Free Academy. They had quite a few turnovers, forced turnovers, and when you do that, you're going to get good field position for the offense, and obviously the offense can uh, can score uh 
pretty effectively. Yep. Now they've had uh, 50 or more points in I think six six games in the second half of the season. That's that's a pretty good uh, number of points. Absolutely. So I mean I think the the biggest thing is that it's just making it easier for Stephen Barmore, the quarterback, and Tyler Hyde, the running back, and and Alex Jamelli, the receiver, and uh, there's a couple other receivers, Joe Daigle and Jason Rose, and and those guys are really getting opportunities. Um, and, and Barmore is four-year starter, and he's able to really pick apart defenses. And when you're, you know, you have an effective defense and special teams that are giving them good field position, it's just going to make them more dominant, more, more potential opportunities for them. And, and you know, it, you know, for years, Southington was known as a team that's going to score a lot of points, and their defense may be a little bit. Uh, I hate to use the word suspect, but it's going to be, you know, they're going to have trouble sure. uh, con- containing teams, and, and it's not the case anymore. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, two S teams in your region, uh, Woodland and uh, and Ansonia, of course, that are pretty familiar with each other, both with uh, with quarterfinal wins on Tuesday. What uh, what stood out to you from, uh, from those performances uh, as you kind of heard about them or read about them uh, after the fact? Well, first of all, the one thing with Woodland is that the the, the Toward the end of the regular season, they didn't have a particularly real sharp games. You know, they had a you know a, cl- a close win against Seymour. They had to come back and and win that game. And then mm-hmm. they had the previous game against uh, Ansonia in the NBL championship game. They didn't play particularly well, and they you know they had a, quite a few turnovers and penalties that really hurt them. Yeah. Um. And you know, I think even the week before that, when they had to play, uh, you know, they they weren't as in sync as they had been in over the course of their season. So I think that to have a game like they did the other night was against Morgan was a really telltale where they finally got to back where they needed to be. They have one of the precision quarterbacks in the state of Connecticut, Tanner Kingsley, uh, just a dominating passer, uh, really knows how to find his receivers, and they have some really good receivers. Yeah. Mike Kenny is one of them, and Taylor Tucheron is another, and, and um, you know, you really can't count them out, and, and I think that's that's one of the things is that you know their offense is going to score points, and uh, you know, the defense has been opportunistic, and, and I really think that the, they needed that type of dominating performance like they had on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you know, Ansonia obviously uh, with, with the the overpowering rushing of uh, of Arkeel Newsom, um, you know, working on on Coggenshaw. I I guess the question, you know, rather than necessarily uh, ask you to uh, to assess that victory, which seemed pretty straightforward for a uh, for Ansonia, I guess kind of you know just sort of curious for someone who's covered this team and obviously quite a bit and has seen what they can do. I'm sort of curious, looking ahead, not necessarily projecting any specific team or or matchup, but what do you think, from your perspective, a team is going to need to do to beat Ansonia in well, the class thing, of this tournament? I think the thing is, I don't know if the word beat is the right word. I think you know, try to contain. Yeah. Uh, the, the problems that a lot of teams have or the opposing problems that they have is that they, they, they just they, they got to worry about some of the other guys. You know, they have to look there's two guys, two players, uh two sophomores, Tatik uh, Bagley and Tyler Bailey that are gonna be up and coming. They're all they're not up and coming anymore. They're good players and they're gonna be great players and they're gonna be the the future of the of the Chargers. And those are the guys that when they get in the game and get the opportunities to ball in their hands and they get the touches, teams have to stop them. Yeah. If they don't stop them, then it's just gonna extend leads, it's gonna extend drives 
And, you know, teams got to be alert to that. You know, who's coming into the game, when they're coming into the game. It's about adjustments. It's about handling situations. It's about not turning the ball over, which is something that uh, that the teams that they've been playing have been doing on a regular basis uh, with regularity. And I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Kyle Metrolik had the ball to start the game. Right away, it was a three-and-out situation. Yeah. you got to convert opportunities, and you got to keep the clock moving. And, and uh, one of the things I'm really kind of surprised with in Sonia is they haven't had as many punt return, kickoff returns for touchdowns or extended yardage that they've had in the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to change in the postseason, the po- when it, especially now in the semifinals and the finals. And we're going to have a situation where they get an opportunity to score, they're going to score, and they're going to score at will. And they're not going to go for, they, you know, to use the, the expression, they're going to go for the jugular because they know how serious this stuff is. And they, yeah. they, 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 you know, they have a winning streak going. I don't think that's as important to them as, as, as getting an opportunity for another state final and, and to keep the, 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 you know, the three-peat potential going. And, you know, obviously you know, they've had some injuries like every, every team is going to have, and I certainly believe that. Um, you know, one of the things that Tommy Brockett has done a really good job over his eight-year tenure is that just when you thought that you knew everything about them, something else, he comes up with another wrinkle or another right. player or somebody else that's going to make a big potential play. Sure. And, you know, they move kids in and out when they see fit. If a kid's not misses a block, he's probably going to be pulled. Mm-hmm. And he's going to come out of the game and they're going to tell him why, and then he's going to go back in the game. So, you know, nobody, there's, a, there's accountability that goes on with this program and the reason that they've won 18 state titles since 1976, and there's also a reason why they've been in four state finals in a row. Yeah. So, uh, you know, talked a little bit about the quarterfinals. We're well, now looking ahead to a, a busy semifinal Saturday uh, coming up with two, um, you know, two both, the two both those teams we talked about will be in the S semifinals, Woodland taking on Bloomfield at Walcott and Ansonia facing off against Rocky Hill at Sheehan. Uh, just kind of quick, you know, little previews of those games. What, what, are, you, what are you looking for uh, kind of as you're trying to, to get a sense of how those games might go? Well, I think the the one thing is interesting with Bloomfield is that he did have a, a really good streak streak going with uh, not just uh, playoff opportunities but championships uh, mm-hmm. back uh, the, the late part of the '90s and then yep. or early 2000s, and, um, and you know they're trying to get back to that level. And yep. I think that obviously uh, to get to a final and, and to potentially uh, win a championship would really do wonders for the uh, Warhawks. I think in the case of um, you know the the other matchup, I mean it's this is a really big game for Woodland. This is a game that you know they were they were state championships two years in a row. But it's been a while. Yeah. Okay. It's been it's been uh, nine and, and eight years since they won state titles. Um, they they got uh, two years ago. They lost to St. Joe's in the first round and and really didn't play particularly well against a dominating team, who was the team that ended up beating uh, you know uh, Ansonia. Mm-hmm. And I think the 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 one thing that I like about this the, the, the this team is that when they make a mistake or they don't particularly have a good game. They find a way to respond, yeah. and you know this is Tim Shea's uh, uh, mark on this team. You know he's a he's a gentle giant in a, in a lot of ways, and he really knows how to respond to the kids. And he's explained to them, "This is your opportunity. Take advantage of it." 
absolutely. So, um, you know, the, the other the other game, obviously, that we're uh, we're looking at from your area, you were at the Southington uh, Southington quarterfinal, and we know that the seeding doesn't always mean much uh, come tournament time, but the the bracket, as you will, uh, if you will, seems to have opened up a little bit for Southington, as they're now the the highest seeded team left in the double L field, and they'll be facing uh, Ridgefield on uh, on Saturday at West Haven. How do you sort of assess uh, Southington's chances the rest of the way, either in the quarterfinal or, or moving beyond that, um, well, I if they're able to? I think the biggest thing is that, you know, Ridgefield uh, coach Kevin Callahan and I spoke last night at Lance and, and talking about the conditioned athletes that he has on his team. There's quite a few lacrosse players. Uh, Will Bonaparte is going to uh, to play uh, lacrosse at Maryland, the national champion. Sure. Uh, he had committed to them two years ago, actually. So that tells you how good of an athlete he is. Yeah. Um, and and I think, the, but the thing is, he's also an extremely talented running back, and you know, he scored uh, three touchdowns the other night against Newtown. And obviously, his, his I think his third touchdown gave him a three touchdown cushion. And then obviously they needed that because they had to hold on to, to, to beat Newtown. But I think the biggest thing is that if their running game and their their uh, quarterback Dunn is able to get down the field, uh, you know, it should be a very potentially high-scoring game. Uh, both teams run the same offense. I think it's going to come down to defense. It's definitely going to come down to takeaways. Uh, Southington's special teams is exceptional with Kyle Smith, the place kicker, punter, and kickoff uh, specialist. And I think that you know he's missed two extra points in two years. Wow. You know that's a wow. That, that's <laughs> that's the type of thing. And and the thing is, he may even be better as a punter if if that makes any sense, because he just knows where to place the ball and and position is everything in, in special teams. And and I think that they they've been dominating in that aspect of the game. And, and uh, you know when coaches talk about three aspects, three phases of the game, sometimes some people overlook the special teams aspect of it because they may not be very good at it. Yeah. Uh, in Southington's case, they're exceptionally good at it. And so, and then in Richfield's case, they have a freshman kicker, a uh, freshman punter, I believe, too, and a freshman kickoff guy. They're all, the three different guys. <laughs> they're all freshmen, so that bodes well for the future. I'm not sure how big it is, how effective it's going to be in a, in a big game. It, it could be very effective because they've done very well so far this year. So, you know, with, with the game at West Haven, you never know what the wind is going to be like at uh, coming off the water at uh, Strong Stadium. Yes, and that's going to be a definite factor. Absolutely, and we'll so well that's uh, something to keep an eye on. And uh, we know you'll be uh, on top of these games. They'll certainly be uh, at one of the events, I'm sure, on Saturday. Yeah, and uh, I'll be at Southington. Uh, I'll be at the Southington Ridgefield game. Yeah, so he will be uh, checking out those special teams uh, at uh, at West Haven. And I know the Republican American will be covering the uh, the other games as well on their Red Zone blog. And so yeah, folks can check that out there, and they can check out your work. Uh, I'm sure there will be some some feature stories and such uh, heading into the weekend. So Mark, we uh, appreciate you talking talking to us and uh, getting us ready for what should be a great weekend of uh, high school football. Thank you very much. Our thanks to Mark Jaffe. Always a pleasure to talk to him and get his perspective on things as we head into the CIAC football semifinals weekend. It was a big quarterfinal night on Tuesday for the FCAC, and they've got four teams still in the field, so we wanted to check in with someone who is very familiar with those programs. So we get reach out now to Rob Adams of the Hersom Acorn Radio Network, who will be covering the one of the semifinal games and has covered FCAC football throughout the fall. 
Very happy to be joined now by Rob Adams of the Hersom Acorn uh, Newspapers and uh, Hersom Acorn Radio, who has uh, been covering Fairfield County uh, football throughout the fall. Rob, thanks for being with us. So good to talk to you. So I know you were uh, you were out on the road for a busy uh, quarterfinal uh, day for the Fairfield County Schools in the uh, the CIAC football playoffs. You were at the uh, broadcasting the New Canaan uh, Farmington contest. Um, which turned out to be a bit of uh, New Canaan rebounding after its first loss of the season. So let's start there and just ask what uh, what jumped out at you uh, from that game that you covered on Tuesday night. Well, there's no doubt, Joel, that the Rams came out high-flying. Their, their offense was firing on all cylinders the other night. Frank Cognetta looked terrific running the ball. But Nick Cashstone, their quarterback, really is uh, the way that they, they get on track because mm-hmm. He can run the ball. He can throw the ball. He's got so many weapons offensively. They really are a very complete football team. And it's a shame from a certain perspective that that loss on Thanksgiving to Darien was it was a wake-up call. But at the same time, it was also uh, it also took them out of the number one slot in the state, you know, at least from uh, those who do polls. And they're so talented, they're so deep, because they're great offensively, they're great defensively. So, you know, it's disappointing in that regard, but definitely they got the wake-up call, and they're right back on track now with Cashion, Cognetta, uh, Cole Turpin. I mean, all these names, they had so much talent. It was almost like even when they didn't want to score against Farmington, they still found the end zone. So it really was quite a performance by them. Yeah, it seemed whatever was uh, whatever might have been off kilter on the the Thanksgiving Day game was uh, was back in rhythm for that uh, yeah. for that quarterfinal. And uh, we know it was a big you know quarterfinal night was a big successful night for the uh, for the FCAC with all their their four tournament qualifiers all winning. Um, outside of that New Canaan game, were there any of those those other three victories that uh, surprised you, or or any sort of the, the the, the way the games played out that surprised you uh, with the Fairfield County Schools going 4-0 on the night? Richfield surprised me, not because it's an 8 beating a 1. It surprised me more because we knew Newtown was such a good team, and I, I have tons of respect for Kevin Callahan and the Richfield Tigers. And I, I saw them a few times last year. They were a young team, but they were still very good. Will Bonaparte, their outstanding running back, can do some really good things. And he really put that team on his back uh, last on Tuesday night, the way sure. he performed. Um, but my, my colleague, Tim Murphy, who is the sports editor of the Richfield Press, he was on our preview show back earlier in the week on Monday, mm-hmm. and he said, he said, look out for this game. He really thought that Richfield could pull off the upset. I, I thought with everything going on with Newtown, and you have to, while we don't want to dwell on it, you have to factor in the emotional side of what the Newtown Nighthawks have gone through. I figured that would really kind of lift them, and Richfield uh, just surprised a lot of people with that victory, the 35-33 victory, and Newtown put on a heck of a fight the way that they they got into the end zone and and unfortunately, you know, not able to hit the two-point conversion. You know, from a drama perspective, you love the thought of overtime football between those two teams. Absolutely, and uh, and certainly a lot of drama as well with uh, with Darien uh, knocking off the defending state champion's hand in uh, on a, a last second field goal, a game that uh, I think a lot of people predicted would be a, a tight contest. Did that one uh, kind of live up to what you thought it might be that the Darien hand game? Absolutely, uh, Daniel Hand really got uh, beaten pretty hard in week one by New Canaan, but you know Daniel Hand is so good, you have to have respect for them. 
And Darianne has kind of come out of nowhere to hit this number one seed. I saw them earlier in the year when I broadcast the Greenwich Darianne game on WGCH radio. So I knew how good the Blue Wave were, but they kind of flew under the radar until Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. But with, with five minutes to go in that game and Darianne down, something told me, you put the ball in Silas Weifert's hands because he's such a good quarterback. He's kind of the forgotten man of the FCAC quarterbacks of Jordan Rosano and Cashione and Nick Roberts out of Trumbull. And then, of course, Silas Wiper. Wiper got him right down the field, and they were able to kick that field goal as time expired. So a terrific game uh, at Brian McMahon High School. It's a shame Darianne doesn't have lights on their own, but they had to make the uh, the trip down to Brian McMahon to play that game. Yeah, they uh, and they, they uh, didn't make the trip for naught uh, as they managed to come out with the win. And then I guess the game that uh, made a lot of people's jaws drop, at least when they saw the, the final score, uh, St. Joseph's and Ledyard uh, basically breaking the scoreboard uh, Tuesday night. Obviously, uh, I'm not sure you could ever expect expect anything like that but were you surprised you know even you know to a lesser degree that it was that offensive of a of a game you know the score irregardless I'm not sure you ever expect a team to put up that many points but were you expecting that kind of offensive show between those two teams no I know St. Joe's has a wonderful offense I've already mentioned Jordan Vazano and I saw Jordan Vazano when we broadcast the FCAC championship game against McCannon he looked just terrible that night, especially in the second half, but you knew the talent was there. Mm-hmm. And obviously he and uh, Abdul Bashir, the terrific running back that he has, they found a way to get it get it going on Tuesday night, but I never saw this coming. This is a, a game of proportions that I don't know that we've ever seen. I, I You know, I have a fair idea of the record book, and I've been calling uh, Connecticut football and uh, really FCAC football for about 15 years now. And to see this kind of game, I'm not sure we've ever seen that kind of uh, scoring in any state playoff game. It really was a ridiculous football game between those two. Yeah, I thought they might still be playing by the time the the semifinal matchups were uh, announced Wednesday <laughs> morning. The way that one started up. So this uh, we move ahead now. We're you know the the semifinal Saturday. We'll have eight games uh, taking place on Saturday. You'll be uh, doing Ridgefield Southington. So. Uh, you talked a little bit about Southington's, uh, or excuse me, Ridgefield's, a uh, little bit of a surprise quarterfinal win. What, uh, you know, in sort of preliminary thoughts do you have about uh, what you're going to see on Saturday between those two teams? Well, it's funny. As, as we tried to decide which game to call, and this is a unique situation for me. Like I said, I've been doing Greenwich for years, so when Greenwich was in the playoffs, you knew where you were going. This was the first time we actually had to think about what game to cover. We could have done Fairfield Prep West Haven. We could have done the Canaan in their game against North Haven. We could have done St. Joe's, Joel Barlow. I mean, all these games would have been in play for us, but it seemed to be that everyone thought the best matchup for us would be this 8-4 showdown between Ridgefield and Southington. Now, I still have a lot to learn about the Southington Blue Knights, but I know that Ridgefield has talent, and he's got a 10-2 against a 10-1. I have to believe we're going to see a terrific football game on Saturday at 2 o'clock at West Haven. So I'm excited for it to see what Richfield can do against Southington. I know Southington traditionally was a good offense, and they beat a very good NFA team, 52-14. to So obviously you have to respect the offense that they can put up. So I imagine it's going to be a terrific game. 
Absolutely. And uh, just sort of wrapping things up, obviously, as we said, uh, you know, a big day for the FCAC in the quarterfinals. And now the semifinals, you've got uh, the other three teams that we've mentioned. Just kind of generally speaking, how are you how would you sort of assess those teams chances going forward of uh, of either reaching the finals at uh, at a root field in uh, in two weeks or uh, or of going all the way and winning a championship? What are your sort of your your feelings on, on how those teams stand heading into the semifinals? Well, as I look at Class L, you know, you'd have to, you have to have plenty of respect for both Middletown and North Haven. But if you're a football fan in the FCAC, your mouth is watering at the thought of Darianne and New Canaan one game rematch for a state championship at Rootfield. And I'll, I'll say it right now, you'll hear that game and I'll broadcast it because there's no doubt, you know, everybody would want to see that. But Darianne and Middletown will be a good matchup. It'll be very tough for Darianne to get past that game. New Canaan seems like they've got things going again, but you can't ignore that North Haven has a lot of talent as well. So Absolutely. both of the teams, yeah, both those teams have got to keep their eye on, uh, you know, their eye on the prize of, you know, the immediate game and not be looking ahead to a state championship. St. Joe's and Joel Barlow, I think, will be a terrific game as well. Joel Barlow is also a team that we cover, although it's not an FCAC team, but we cover it for Hurst and Acorn. So have to keep an eye on them. Uh, I imagine that's going to be a good one between those two teams as well. So uh, there's a lot of good football coming up this weekend. It's so exciting. It's such a great time, and we'll have it all covered from multiple angles, but we'll be uh, broadcasting, obviously, as we said, that Richfield Southington game. It's a great time of year for football, though. Sure is, and uh, we just well from uh, the CIAC aspect, of course, we hope that the weather cooperates and uh, it's not freezing for everybody out there. But we're looking forward to a to a good weekend and uh, and checking out your coverage of that Southington uh, Ridgefield game. Rob Adams, we thank you very much for being with us and uh, offering your perspective on uh, on where things stand right now in the uh, the CIAC football playoffs. Thanks for being with us, Joel. It's a thrill. Thanks so much. We'll do it again. Very happy to have Rob with us for the first time there on the podcast and offer his perspective on some of the schools from his area that will be competing for berths in the state championships coming up this Saturday. Our final guest of the day is someone who has uh, his pulse on the action around the state of Connecticut on the football field, so we wanted to get in touch with him, get his perspective on what has transpired so far in the football tournaments and what might be on tap this coming weekend. Very happy to chat now with Sean Patrick Boley of the New Haven Register and the uh, Game Time CT website where they cover uh, all sorts of high school sports, but they are deep into the football playoffs, as you can imagine. Sean, thanks for being with us. Thanks a lot, Sean. I appreciate it. So we'll, uh, we're still a few a few days after the uh, the quarterfinal fact here, but I think we can still go back a little bit. I know you were out at the uh, the Newtown Ridgefield game, the double L matchup quarterfinal, but I wanted to sort of talk a little bit more broadly and just sort of see what was uh, to you what would you say was the biggest surprising result from the uh, the quarterfinal round? Um, well, I guess I, you could definitely say the Newtown Ridgefield one was, was pretty was pretty surprising. Um, I, mean, I know that a lot of people look at it saying that, well, you know, Ridgefield played in the tougher conference and, and might have played uh, some tougher teams. They played Darien, they played St. Joseph, and, and uh, while well, you know, while Newtown played, uh, you know, uh, a couple Class M schools that are still playing it, um, and that are still playing the play, state playoffs. Uh, that was that was. Um, that was kind of a shock, though, just the way Richfield really kind of took it to them. But it was it was a really good game at the end, and, and Newtown almost pulled it out. But yeah, um, as, as far as uh, you know, some of the other results are concerned, I was I was a little shocked that Capital Prep uh, 
didn't play with Bloomfield. I was, I was a little stunned. Um, again, I know the, the CFC hasn't won a state playoff game yet, and they came close a year ago against Woodland, and you know, I thought this was the year that they would really kind of break through in that. But, uh, you know, Bloomfield playing with a lot of emotion, a lot of heart, and uh, they were able to take it through them there. Um, and, uh, that was mildly stunning. Um, you know, so they have a long way to go, I guess, capital prep, but, uh, um, you know, good for Bloomfield for getting in there. Yeah. Uh, other surprises. Um, God, man, we think here. Yeah, I got to look through what happened. <laughs> so much stuff. Um, you know, I, there are a few things that weren't surprised that. I mean, a lot of guys, uh, North Haven beating Plata, you know, North Haven is just a tough team, and that, that's a that's a tough, tough uh, um, defense to defend. I'm sorry, offense to defend the single wing. Yeah, I thought Plata would do a little better there, um, but uh, you know, getting them getting through. Well. Um, you know, and I, I, the other thing why I was not I was a little surprised at was that that the SEC was really able to kind of continue its dominance a bit in the, in the FCAC as well. Yeah. Um, being, um, you know, that, that they just really kind of flex their muscle, especially in class level L, where, you know, the lower seeds advance over the pretty strong CCC teams. So. Yeah. All right. So, um, and, and kind of looking at that, and you, I think you hit on some of these teams, but uh, what teams either sort of with a win or with the way that they won impressed you the most uh, in the, with those quarterfinal victories? I thought Fairfield Prep did a really nice job against Glastonbury. Glastonbury is one of those teams where they, they were a strong defense all year. They only got hit once by Hall. And, you know, Prep came out and really – you know, asserted itself, and Colton Smith, the quarterback, proved to everyone that, you know, hey, he might be a first-teamer quarterback uh, when this is all over. Um, a lot of people are looking at him. Like, the kid has come out of nowhere, basically. I mean, he would be played a little bit last year, not a quarterback, but more safety. And when that game was on the line, you know, Glassbury's good. They came back, got it to within, I think, three points. And then Colton Smith just took off on a, on a 77-yard touchdown. He's done that. He started off a little slow, but towards the end of the season, he's really, really come on of late. Um, I thought that was pretty impressive. I was, I was a little stunned, uh, and you know, it just goes to show you how, how great a program they are. I love that Brookfield was able to kind of get over there Thanksgiving Day, lost to Bethel, and come back and win that game. Yeah, so they they might be a year away, Brookfield, and they might they have a good chance get into the state championship game against Valley. Um, they're, I mean, Brookfield's a little, probably a little more battle tested than, than Valley is. Um, they've been through some wars. Brookfield played Newtown, and, and, and you know, it, 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 it seems to me that they know what it takes. They're a really young team. They're sophomores and they're juniors. But like Steve George and Newtown like to say a lot, that, you know, through the course of the year, you know, sophomores and juniors become seniors and juniors. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, other teams that uh, you know were really impressed me were, and obviously Ansonia. Um, you know, a lot of guys are picking them to win the whole thing. I think everyone pretty much thinks that they're going to win that. And then just dominant. You know, Kel Newsom is one of the best players, if not the best player in the state. He's tremendous. Yeah. And I, was, I also like West Haven. West Haven did a nice job coming back and, and really taking it to Hall in that second half and setting up this really nice semifinal. Yeah, so looking ahead, you know, we've got uh, eight semifinals uh, taking place on Saturday. Um you know, a few uh, a few sort of cross you know cross conference games and all kinds of interesting stuff going on. What are some of the, the either games that you're really interested to see or stories coming into this weekend that you think uh, that really kind of have your interest peaked? Well, there are a couple of them. 
Um, Barlow and St. Joseph's I'm very, very interested in. Uh, you know, I think outsiders will take a look at that and be like, well, you know, Barlow, I mean, this is their first state playoff. They've never been there. You know, this is a small, small school. And going up against the likes of St. Joseph's scored, which scored 84 points against Ledger, speaking of an uh, impressive team. Sure. 84 points against Ledger. That back was ridiculous. They put up all sorts of numbers in that. And, you know, but you, then again, you look at the defense, and, and they've been, they've struggled a bit on defense. And, Follow St. Joseph, they scrimmaged earlier. It, actually, it was the first scrimmage of the year, and Jack Shaven and, and his teammates did a nice job. And I know it's only a scrimmage, and it's really, you know, you can't take really anything out of it. But the only thing you can take out of it is that Follow won't back down. They'll, they'll be right in that game. Jack Shaven is one of the most electric players in the state, and I'm very interested to see how they compete in that game. I don't know if they win. Um, I think St. Joseph have a little more depth than Follow. Follow only has about 38 players. But, it, it, you know what, I, I wouldn't uh, put it past Barlow and make that game competitive. Sure. Um, other interesting, interesting ones is the North Haven, um, New Cannon game. New Cannon got bit on Thanksgiving by their rival, Barry Ander. Desperately, desperately want, wanted to get a rematch in that uh, in that final. That's all you hear about from them. And, and then in comes North Haven, which is, you know, the, 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 the contrast of style is a slow, methodical, single wing, a lot of brute, brute force up front, and they just kind of like to pound at you. you know? Interesting there to see if New Haven can take it to them early and make um, North Haven playing comeback mode, or if North Haven can control the clock and, and you know, make that a competitive game. So that, that's another interesting one, and obviously the prep uh, West Haven game really intriguing. They, they play on Thanksgiving. I was at that game. Um, West Haven really could have put that game away pretty early. They were up 20 to two at one point, and then it was 20 to 10, or yeah, 20 to 10, and they were going to go in West Haven and make it 27-10, but the, they stopped Irvin Phillips at the goal line prep, and in the second half it was all you know Colby Smith and Nick Rowell, the, the big fullback who played tremendous in that game. And, right. You know, uh, that'd be very interesting to see just how you know two SEC rivals going at it, a Thanksgiving rival, the second. In the playoffs, we're going to see uh, Thanksgiving rivals go up against each other, and um, and you know with a spot in the state championship on the line, you know you can bet that that one's going to get ratcheted up uh, a ton. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, how about uh, maybe you know a player or two as you sort of look at some of the matchups, and obviously all of these teams have tremendously talented players, but mm-hmm. maybe a player or two that you, you feel could sort of be difference makers in you know some of these key games. Uh, you know, that could really be the, the key factors in some of these contests. Anyone jump out to you in, in that area? Well, yeah, I'll start off with the uh, the recently named Gatorade State Player of the Year, uh, Dario Highsmith. Um, he, he makes uh, Middletown go. Um, he's basically the focal point of their whole attack. And uh, the kid is just a tremendous player. He, he's, he's won, he's, I, I think he's won for, or yeah, I think he's got like 2,500 yards of total offense and 27 touchdowns. And, and, you know, it would be very interesting to see how Dar- a Darianne team and the LFMI uh, matches up with Middletown, which hasn't, you know, they, I mean, they were really impressed with Middletown in, in taking out New London um, uh, in the quarterfinals because New London had beat them during the year. And it looks like Middletown started to ratchet up here and, and it, it, they, they can kind of see the finish line ahead. And it seems like they're really amped up in that game. And, and Darianne coming off a, a win against, you know, the defending champion, but, uh, Daniel Hand. In a very excellent game. Um, again, this is going to be, uh, you know, can Dario Highsmith crack, you know, which has been a pretty strong Darian defense. Right. And he also plays on offense, uh, on defense. And can they stop a Silas Swiper and Nick Lombardo, who's one of the best players in the state? 
Uh, that that should be an interesting matchup uh, as far as players go. Um, you know, another one, uh, obviously, you know, Arkell Newsom versus Chris Young of Rocky Hill in that S semi. Uh, right. Very, should be very interesting. Um, in the other S semi, you know, Norvell Stewart of, of Bloomfield and, and then Woodland's uh, Tanner Kings of the quarterback who's just setting records left and right. And, and uh, the sophomore Sean McGowan, they're, they're tremendous. And, um, you know, uh, one of the other ones is uh, Stephen Barmore from, uh, from Southington. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the state, you know, if not the best. And he's been really, you know, he's been playing well all year long. And, you know, can Ridgefield stop him and, and limit their attack? So I think those are some of the, some of the best player matchups we're looking at right now. Lots of great players and should be lots of uh, of great competition on Saturday at 2 o'clock uh, across the state. And we know Sean Patrick Boley and uh, and his crew of, uh, of folks at the New Haven Register and Game Time CT will be, uh, will be all over it. So, Sean, we thanks for uh, carving out a little time for us, and uh, we will be sure to find your uh, your coverage online and uh, at the Register. Uh, absolutely, Joel. Thanks a lot. We will try to cover it. I think we're covering every single game, so uh, it should be a lot of fun. Excellent stuff there from Sean Patrick Boley. We appreciate him getting in touch with us on short notice uh, to chat here on the CIAC cast. And we thank all of our guests, Mark Jaffe of the Waterbury Republican-American and Rob Adams as well from the Hersam Acorn newspapers for chatting with us this week and giving us a little bit of a taste of what's been happening with the CIAC football playoffs, what will still to happen this weekend. We encourage everybody to check out CIACsports.com. Once again, you can buy your tickets there. You can get all the information you're going to need, directions to sites, just about everything you can look for, you can find on CIACsports.com as it relates to the CIAC football championships. That's going to do it. We hope to see everybody out at the games this weekend, or you can follow them again online or on your TV at the NFHSnetwork.com. You can Check it out, CPTV Sports, msgvarsity.com. We'll be providing updates on Twitter, as always, at CIAC Sports on there on Twitter. Also on Twitter, on our Tournament Central page, we've got a Twitter timeline where we've been pu- we will pull together tweets from those who are at the games all across the state. So another good way to keep track of what's happening if you can't get to Twitter itself during the contest. So all kinds of good ways to follow the CIAC football semifinals. Two o'clock on Saturday, various sites across the state, 18... 18- 16 teams trying to punch their tickets to the CIAC championships one week from Saturday. Well, Friday and Saturday at a root field at Central Connecticut. So we hope everyone will be following along in various manners. We thank you very much for joining us, as always, here on the CIAC cast. Until next week, I'm Joel Cookson. Thanks very much for listening. <laughs>